All right, welcome to the State of the Lakers presented by Dash Radio. Thank you guys for coming to hang out on a Wednesday. Uh, easily, in my opinion, the most frustrating loss of the season when you factor in, you know, the uh, the last few days and everything that's happened. Uh, but before we get too far into it, Raj, how you doing, buddy? I've been better. <laughs> you know, this was one that uh, definitely kills your spirit. And I should have known it's a pretty bad omen when you get your best win of the year right even on the basketball court there were things you see that's positive and the next day none of the conversation was about basketball right it was about Frank Vogel and you know I'm sure he's the he might be even more the star quote-unquote star of the night in terms of uh who's the main character of this game but yeah man that was a frustrating one definitely one that will uh that's gonna haunt the team and uh, I'm curious where we go from here uh this is a bad Indiana team man I think they're like 15 games under 500 or something, and we'll get into it. But yeah, it was a spirit-killing one, man, because I feel like we had something to build on. I kept tweeting, keep building, man, and we didn't. We stopped building uh, in that third quarter. How are you, though? How are I you mean, doing, though, man? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. <laughs> um, I, uh, my high school team lost at the buzzer last night, which is pretty frustrating, but uh, so a couple of rough losses in a row. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, uh, our friend Jason Maples tweeted out that, uh, that Indiana hasn't won a road game since before Thanksgiving. So you're absolutely right that it's a bad loss. They're missing you know, their I, starting center. They're start Miles Turner. Yeah. Man, this is a bad team. Yeah. I so I came into tonight with the goal for you and me mm-hmm. um, before we watched the game. You know, I was like, hey, well, I think the Lakers are going to beat the Pacers, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but it's not a super interesting game, so we'll probably spend the last half of the show talking about this athletic article. Yeah, and everything centering around the Frank Vogel. Uh, uh, you know, potential firing that was allegedly in the works. And, and, you know, I defended Frank because I said, you know, he hasn't been perfect. I don't agree with everything that he's done this year, but Mm -hmm. that said in recent months, he's done a little bit of a better job of kind of adapting to some of the better elements of his roster. And most importantly, you know, I was more concerned about buy-in than anything else. It's something I've consistently said here, like, no matter what, if even if Frank has all of the best ideas, if the guys in the locker room don't listen to him, then it's worthless, right? You know, like even exactly, if it's just it's just it just is untenable in those circumstances. But tonight was, I thought, Frank's worst game of the season in terms of rotation decision making, which is absolutely inexcusable under the circumstances. So let's just, let's just put it let's just make it real simple for everybody. If you didn't watch the Utah Jazz game. The Utah Jazz actually beat the shit out of us, with the exception of a 15-minute stretch. In this this 15-minute stretch, Russ was on the bench. Avery Bradley was on the bench. Carmelo Anthony wasn't even playing. Dwight Howard was on the bench. It was LeBron James, an undrafted free agent rookie in Austin Reeves, (laughs) a failed lottery pick in Stanley Johnson that was out of the league, Another failed lottery pick in Malik Monk, who would have been out of the league had the Lakers not offered him a contract, and Taylor Horton Tucker, a second-round pick. But there was something unique about those four guys. They played their ass off, and, right. they're, big and, and they're big and athletic. Yeah, with the, you know, Malik isn't necessarily big, but he is a very good athlete. And that group of five guys switched every screen, completely shut down every one of Utah's actions, forced them to isolate, and on the other end, they ran a really smart, really hard to guard five out attack. Utah couldn't guard them. They were plus 18 in 15 minutes. 
and the rest of the game, the Lakers were minus 12. And everyone mm-hmm. talks so much about, you know, how good the Lakers looked in that game and how, how they saved Frank's job. But, you know, I was actually chatting privately with my buddy Sam uh, from Laker Film Room, uh, or excuse me, from uh, Light Years uh, with the Warriors guys. And I was talking to him about, you know, I was like, hey, just so you know, like, I don't know if you watched that game, but there was a lot of bad mixed in there. And it's just the reality of this roster. There are good players and there are bad players on this roster. And even the good players may not be good by the rest of the NBA standards, but they're a hell of a lot better than some of these other guys. And we came into this game once again, starting three of our worst players, Dwight Howard, Trevor Reese, mm-hmm. and Avery Bradley. They're NBA players, but they're fringe NBA players. And we're starting them. So you're putting fringe NBA players next to your two best players and hoping for the best. And then after everything good that happened in that Utah Jazz game with that lineup, Frank didn't even use it tonight. That's inexcusable. That is absolutely inexcusable to go into the fourth quarter with the lineup that won you the damn game two days ago. Bring in a guy who's been out with a back injury who can't guard and who obviously isn't going to shoot well. Why won't he shoot well? Because he hasn't played basketball in, what, a week? Insane. He played 30 minutes tonight, Jason. 30 minutes tonight. Insane. Stanley Stanley was the MVP on Monday. He was the best (laughs) player on the floor in the fourth quarter. 15 minutes or 16 for Stanley tonight. Absolutely inexcusable. I I can't stand here anymore and defend Frank Vogel when you do that. You're self-sabotaging, my guy. If you are jobless tomorrow, it's your fault. I can't I can't help you anymore. Like, come on, man. I like that that was and that's that that fourth quarter rotation is only a small part of the rotation mismanagement tonight. I thought it was completely inexcusable. And again, like I, I, I have absolutely no sympathy, absolutely no sympathy for him anymore. So I've, I've kind of been the bigger, um, not apologist, but trying to, you know, bring context into everything Frank Vogel is trying to go through. And I guess you can start from the beginning of this year, right? And we have a roster that has flipped over twice now, right? Frank Vogel has gone into three separate training camps with three totally different type of rosters. I guess you can say the core came back from the title team, but this is a totally different team. It's a totally different roster, and he hasn't adjusted, and the lineups tonight were absolutely unforgivable. I think Carmelo, again, playing 30 minutes, and I think we're just too rigid. You know, we're trying to find this new identity of playing small ball, playing big. I thought, you know, Dwight didn't play as play as much as he should, but you're right, man. There's no forgiving this one. Like, this is you can't lose at home to an Indiana team uh, that's like 15 games under 500, and I thought, you know, we learned nothing from that Utah game. Like, I went back and rewatched that one. We learned nothing. We, we well, just discarded everything but, that worked. You know what's, but you know what's crazy about that, Jason? Like, there's so much in there that worked. And there was so much like, oh, this is real. You know what I mean? And again, Stanley's on the 10-day. But his, you know, archetype fits. We should be switching everything. And instead, we played Carmelo Anthony out there. And I always said, you know, you can switch. You can cover for one guy defensively. Like, you can cover for, for Malik Monk. Like, you could do that. If you have all the other guys can switch, you want to switch two through five, that's fine. But, you know, we had you know we had lineups out there tonight. Malik Monk, Avery Badley, and Carmelo Anthony at center next to Stanley Johnson, which completely takes away the whole reasoning for small ball, right? Like, the whole point, if you're going to go small, you have to be sized at other positions. That's just 
the main point if you're going to go small and they just took it to the rim, you know, and again, not to blame Carmelo Anthony, cause this is kind of unfair to, to pin it on one guy. It's unfair as well to Avery Bradley. He's not the one telling, you know, the coach to play him, but we just, he just doesn't fit into a switching scheme. And, you know, I think what stands out the most tonight, and we're both not people who think uh plus minus is the greatest barometer, right? But LeBron James tonight, LeBron was 11 for 22, played 37 minutes in this one. Uh, he had 12 rebounds, five assists, um, is three turnovers, two steals. He was a minus 20, Jason. Minus 20. It was LeBron tonight in 37 minutes, and he had a heck of a game to me. And to me, it's because the lineup that we played him with, played him with Avery Bradley, a bunch of Carmelo. I just don't understand the mellow at five. And, you know, the sad part all about this is we played an okay game in that first half. Like, we played a pretty good game. We were up, I believe, 15. We played and, great to start yeah, the game. Right. And, you know, our youth just jumps out the page right it just and i don't get why all like all our young guys have to play together or all our old guys have to play together right like we can mix (laughs) we can kind of mix those uh mix those together and it's so rigid and like the devil's advocate obviously is frank vogel is a guy that's that wants to keep lineups together right it's why even if dwight howard was better than deandre jordan we started deandre jordan to kind of keep dwight howard in that uh in that lineup that he's probably going to be in if everyone was healthy. Right. But we're not in position to do that. We're 500. We need to get wins. Uh, we are not in a position to be experimenting anymore. We're what 42, 43 games into this season. I think we know what we have. And I still feel like we're playing experimental games here. The mellow at the five lineups have been destroyed. Like they, the numbers say that they've been absolutely killed. We went to that way too much. And we're just having basketball points of, uh, points of failure right and when you go small you're gonna have a bunch of those but i just feel like we're shooting ourselves in the foot man and, and indiana just attacked us right to the paint sabonis got whatever he wanted a bunch of offensive rebounds we'll get into russell westbrook later i think it's shocking that we benched russell westbrook tonight i think that's something really interesting uh he didn't play for the final four minutes which is the first this is the first time frank vogel you know sat russell westbrook i thought he brought in malik monk and austin reeves too late um and again reeves 24 minutes uh that probably could have been higher i can't complain but stanley at 16 is just inexcusable man after the game he just had and you know i would understand playing carmelo 30 minutes when we had no wings we have everyone back now jason other than anthony davis you have tht available you know you you have austin reeves available like you can go to other lineups and i don't want to blame it just on him this team has a there's a lot of other bigger issues here but you know the lineups were awful like there's no forgiving that and i don't know where we go from here i I wouldn't be surprised if we wake up with a new coach tomorrow. Like, I, would you? Oh, like, you, would... you you better get ready for it, Raj. You're all season <laughs> all season long, you've you've been Mister. I'm not there yet, and I don't blame you because you're you're much more reserved than I am. However, like he's gone, Raj. This is happening. Like the, you, this is we 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 need to enter into the acceptance phase here because that was there's just no way. There's no way. How how could you possibly bring him back after everything that came out this week? And, team, and both parties privately trading jabs through through articles and reporters like it's insane. over it's over this is, it's over dude dude there was a stretch there in the middle so i tweeted right at the end of the third quarter i'm like okay the fourth the, the fourth quarter lineup that won you the game last week was you know tht monk reeves and a lebron and stanley johnson so he's obviously gonna go to that group to start the fourth right and no he takes out stanley johnson and goes to carmelo anthony which is just completely and monumentally changes the athleticism and versatility of the lineup and Again, keeping the, keeping old with old right like yes, we're just keeping exactly. 34 year olds with like 36 year olds like I, I just don't get that but yeah keep going so so then then right around like the seven seven and a half minute mark he takes carmelo out puts back in stanley johnson 
but he also brings in Avery Bradley, someone who can't <laughs> switch. So yeah. then he starts calling for his same stupid ass drop coverage that he likes to use when literally everything we did against the Jazz was switching. Something, guys, for all of you who are new who have never listened to us before, Raj and I have been all over this stupid ditch the bigs, play five out, but play your bigger wings, switch everything. But Frank is obsessive with drop coverage because he's obsessed with ball pressure and he's obsessed with chasing ball handlers over screens and trying to funnel them to rim protection. It's like his fetish. It's the most absurd thing in the entire world. And literally in this game tonight, while Karis LeVert is actively on fire, like literally burning alive on the court, making everything he's throwing up, we're watching him run a drop coverage with Stanley Johnson. And I'm literally like, that has to be a switch. That has to be a switch as LeVert comfortably walks into a 16-footer that doesn't even touch the rim. Like literally... It, it was it was complete malpractice. And then again, this was a this was the thing I pointed out about the Jazz game. You know, the start the starting lineup was like minus nine or something in that game. Yeah. And, Lebr- and LeBron and Russell Westbrook made a bunch of pull up jump shots. Like literally, if it wasn't for pull up jump shots going in with with which with Russ is just an absolute disaster, which we're going to get to later in the show. <laughs> but like, if it wasn't for that, it would have been even worse. We probably would have lost to the Jazz had Russell Westbrook not made his first like three pull-up jump shots. And then tonight, the same thing. It's fool's gold. Yeah, your lineup is performing okay with Ariza and Dwight, but it's because Russ made three threes. How often is that going to happen? Like, 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 come on. Like, it's just, it's absolutely asinine. It, it's the, there is an obvious, like, Raj, you consistently talk about how there is a good team in here somewhere. It's and in there. We, we've and seen I it. Think you're, and I think you're right. You're absolutely right. But the good version of this team is a five out switch everything modern basketball team. It's the L.A. Clippers, but playing with, you know, purple and gold on that, like the last year's L.A. Clippers type of identity. And every time we've gone to that this year we, and played hard, we've been good every sure. time. Every time we've done that and we've played hard, we've been good. And every time we've tried to run Frank's traditional schemes and coverages and all of his base basketball philosophies that he loves so much. Every time we've tried to do that with this group, it's failed. And once again, one of my biggest pet peeves with coaches, and this is just something that I've seen in all my time around the game, coaches that have a belief that they imprint on their players almost always fail. Coaches that build a belief around their players and their strengths, they always succeed. And that has been Frank's biggest problem this entire time is he's so stubborn and so intent on trying to get these guys to play his way when that's not what they're good at. That this is why we are, it's not the only reason why we are where we are. I want to be clear. There's a whole lot of other factors to why the Lakers are a below 500 team right now. But Frank is very much a part of that. He's very much a part of that. And, you know, you talked about the drop coverage scheme. And, again, that's something that Frank Vogel obviously loves. And we'll never know how much, you know, starting two bigs is Anthony Davis's preference. Who's He's been very public about that. Or if that's just something Frank Vogel worked. Frank Vogel likes to do but I, you know I think that drop coverage works if you have the personnel to do it the problem to me again if you have Carmelo running could Carmelo just naturally right that's how he plays he's gonna back up he doesn't have the speed advantage so on any screen on any screen action that he's involved in he's gonna back up and he and again Trevor Reza does that as well but he can switch a little bit better but again like you're right Frank has to adjust to this team and it's been a slow adjustment and to me like how he feels is like hey I don't have my team, right? I don't have Anthony Davis. I, I'm going to do what I know works, what I've won with, right? Jason, he won a title 15 months ago with 
philosophies that he's been imprinted with, right? Like he obviously believes in his his Bible of basketball, like this is how basketball should work. Obviously, small ball is something that I don't think he really buys in like fully into, right? Even LeBron at center lineups, obviously, I think that's not something he would like to do consistently. But it's interesting, like you're seeing, and that's why this all kind of ties together as well from the beginning of this year, because it feels like we built a roster that, you know, goes against everything our coach believes in. And a good, you know, organization not to attack, you know, because I think there's enough fingers to point at everybody. There's blame to go around. But usually a organization walks in unison, right? Like you have a coach and star player and front office working and walking in unison. And I feel like that's a disconnect that's happened. And you're seeing that struggle back and forth, right? That's why when you see these lineups that come out, Vogel's like, okay, I'm going to play Carmelo, but I'm also going to keep Avery Bradley out there to give me that defensive intensity that I want, or, you know, that baseline Mm -hmm. level of effort defensively, you know? So you're seeing these mixes of like having a foot in each kind of side, right? You have a foot in the pool and a foot out and you really haven't decided anything. And you're seeing LeBron go berserk to kind of win us game. So there's a, there's a breaking point here. That's going to happen. I, I feel like tonight's the game for that. And, it, it sucks again because I know, you know, Jason Mabel's tweeted as like, you know, the Utah game was fake. But, you know, I feel like we did find stuff, a little bit of stuff in there that, you know, that could have been. How could we on. tell we didn't do any of the same things that we did in the game? That's what I mean. So and again, no, that but we did, though, that small ball. Maybe team, to start the game. No, no. In that maybe. in that in that second quarter, that small ball team want, got us a lead. That's what got us that 15 point mm-hmm. lead. THT, yeah. Austin Reeves, Malik Monk, that. The exuberance of youth, right, just jumps off the page. You take 37-year-olds out in a regular January game. Who cares how we feel about it, right? It's a January game to them. You take them out. You put in these 20-year-olds who are flying around defensively, switching everything. A good defender in Austin was like, it jumps off the page, and it's just such a stark difference. And I get wanting to keep lineups together. Like, that totally makes sense. A lot of coaches like to do that but we aren't we aren't in position to do that and we're running defense we're we're running different defensive principles with different lineups so like we're switching everything with this lineup then like one person subs in and all of a sudden you're like oh shit we can't switch anymore we gotta change everything yeah we gotta change everything we're doing (laughs) and it just gets super confusing and then indiana once the avalanche came which we've seen a lot this year right once a little avalanche comes all of a sudden we're like way under all of a sudden like a five point lead that should have been you know changed like we Jason, I, I was looking at the third quarter, right? I was like, oh, man, we cannot score. Like, we just – we cannot score. Seven and a half minutes went by. We took a timeout. The only substitution was Carmelo Anthony came into the game. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, man. And Indiana continued to push and eventually took the lead. So this is super frustrating. Uh, as a guy who's been, you know, let's look at process. Let's, you know, let's try to look at things from a – when the team is healthy. I want to – I don't know how much – look, Anthony Davis fixes a lot. But there's a lot of internal issues here that, you know, you don't just throw Anthony Davis into it and it just solves and plugs every hole, right? There's a bunch of, you know, leaks coming out right now. And Anthony Davis will fix a few of them. But we have, like, inner issues that we have to kind of deal with. I think, you know, the Russell Westbrook thing is a whole another one that we'll definitely oh, we're, we're about to get there. Yeah, buddy. but, yeah, man, Frank, you know, and uh, I don't know if you saw the quote. I, I'm sure – I'm sure you've been tagged in it as well. I think Frank I put was it asked. in his face. Oh, you did. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even <laughs> didn't even look up there. Uh, yeah, Frank Vogel on benching Russ, playing the guys I thought would win the game. Like, oh man, that is if that's not a locker. First of all, have you heard Frank talk like that ever? He's no. Usually, well, it's because he knows super... he's gone, Raj. It's okay, he knows yeah. he's gone. He's, as a super if... diplomatic dude, that is one of the most like forget passive aggressive. That's the most aggressive things I've seen him say uh, in the post uh, post presser. But yeah, it's gonna be tough. I, I don't think he survives this one, honestly. And as a guy who's been a Frank, not apologist again, but as a guy who's supported him, 
as a guy who understands the context of the season, starting with no wings, right? You know, starting with uh, LeBron going out and then AD going out. Like, I understand the context, but I, I I would totally get the other side as well if he's gone. I just, man, the replacement is just my worry, right? Because if you take him out, you have to put someone in, Jason. Like, I, yep. I don't, that's where the, that's the gray area to me. You sub a coach in halfway through the year. Like, that's, again, that's pulling a fire alarm. I said trading Russ is burning the house down. Firing Frank is pulling the fire alarm. And maybe this team needs a fire alarm, but that that's that's 100% what it would be. Well, and, it, and that's what's going to happen. And, you know, I don't, I don't think there's really any precedent for bringing somebody completely new to the franchise in in the middle of the season. So chances are it's going to end up being Fizdale. And my big thing with Fizdale is like, hey, man, like, I don't think you're nearly as schematically competent as Vogel. I think, I, I think Vogel is probably the best defensive coach in the league. I think he deserves that sort of honor. Even if he's stubborn in his approach, that is his big strength. Um, but he does not – He what the problem with Frank, and this is what – Avery Bradley is the best example of this. The reason why Avery Bradley plays so much, despite not being nearly as good as some of the other guards off the bench – is because he is the best at one very specific skill, and that's chasing guys over the top of ball screens, which is fundamental to Frank's defensive scheme. So Mm -hmm. that's the problem here. He will make his rotation decisions based on that, ignoring everything else that's wrong with the situation. So, for instance, why do you not switch an Avery Bradley, Stanley Johnson uh, uh, pick and roll with, uh, uh, with Sabonis and Levert? You don't switch it because Frank is paranoid about defensive rebounding. You know, even though the whole philosophy of small ball is like, we're going to give up a few. There's going to be some offensive rebounds in there, but there's a huge positive trade-off. We're going to force you to play isolation basketball all day long. You're going to have to shoot over the top of a contest all day long. There's so much good that comes with it. And Frank ignores all of that because he'll look at a guy like a, just a better basketball player like Austin Reeves. And he'll be like, Hmm, you know, Austin's better at this, 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 and this, but you know, he's not quite as good at chasing over the top of ball screens as Avery Bradley. So I got to go with Avery. Like that philosophy is literally how he dug his own grave here. And I mean, I, I mean this quote is just the latest. He's basically the dude in the boardroom at the, you know, in the corporate ladder who just gets up and stands on the, on the table and just pees on the table before he says, I quit and runs out of the room. Like that's basically what he's doing right now. And as he should, because you know, like, like dude, you're on your way out. Like it's over. This is, this was the last straw. Hey guys. So we ended up, for those of you who are in the spaces, we had almost 4,000 people and the app ended up crashing, which was really unfortunate. It crashed right after this Westbrook rant that I was about to do. So what I'm doing to try to make it work best for the podcast, because we did restart the spaces and get to the rest of the topics, I'm keeping this as part one. Uh, Part two tomorrow will be Raj and I discussing Russell Westbrook and then diving back into Frank and doing a eulogy on Frank of sorts. But then at the same time, the end of the show is us reacting to the news that Frank is in fact going to keep his job, at least for the time being, and fly to Orlando. So very interesting part two coming that will air, let's say, at 5 p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time on Thursday. Thank you guys, as always, for your support. We will see you after the game on Friday.